Welcome to Factor Magri, dedicated to New Zealand's primary industry. Each week, I talk with farmers and producers, the science community, industry, and policymakers to hear their stories and expert opinions on matters relevant to both our rural and our urban communities. This week on Factor Magri and working with the Rural Support Trust, I have a couple of guests on the show. Ben Speedy from the ASB Rural Bank team joins me for another yarn about succession. And Sarah Barr joins me from Rural Coach. Rural Coach was established in 2009 by a couple of rural bankers who could see the need for the service for New Zealanders, particularly for farming families who were struggling with succession planning and the what next for themselves and their farm. Since then, they have grown to be a prominent specialist coaching advisory service in New Zealand for rural New Zealand families and businesses. Sarah joins me now. Hello, Sarah. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having me on, Angus. Sarah, what is a rural coach and how does your business help farming families? Um, Like any coach, Angus, our job is uh, to help and guide people uh, from where they're at today um, and bridge the gap to where they want to get to. Uh, So with our work, particularly in the succession planning space, um, our job is to speak to all members of the family uh, and help share perspectives and guide the family to a solution that works best for all. And not necessarily always um, their absolutely desired outcome, but in having the conversations, everybody understands why it is that an outcome has been arrived at. Mm, indeed. So what are the biggest challenges you see in farming families navigating succession? Mm-hmm. So there's a number of challenges. Um I think, I think often when I talk to families, you know, and I've just talked to one this morning where I described their family without knowing them, and they went, you're spot on. Um, quite often we have a dad who whose whole identity is thoroughly wrapped up in being me, the farmer. Um, and often that leads to some fear of, if I'm not me, the farmer, who am I? And what do I get out of bed for every morning? Um, They've built uh, a a legacy that they're really proud of and they absolutely want to see it carry on into the next generation, but they are unsure of the role that they can continue to play Mm. if it passes through their hands. Um, And then we have, you know, the mum in the family and um, all she really wants to do is just make sure everybody's getting on uh, and Mm. often... We have them coming to us because there's tensions building um, with uh, perhaps natural successes, son or daughter, uh, where they are desperate to get in and get their teeth Mm. into the next steps, what they'd like to do with it, but dad's hanging on. Um, It's about understanding the different perspectives sitting around the table, you know, reminding dad about how he felt in his 20s and 30s desperate to make his mark on the world. Um, mm. And that's exactly how his son or daughter is now feeling. Um, it's about yeah. helping them to see what the future could hold for them. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, and, and, and of course, particularly men and rural men, historically have not been great communicators, have they, by and large? No, no. And look, I think that's probably one of the things that holds people back from um, starting succession is that it's been a long time coming 
um, they've known they've needed to do something about it, but they're fearful about if they take the lid off this can of worms, what is going to crawl out. Um, but again, speaking to this family this morning, doing nothing um, has created more trouble than doing something. Yeah, and one thing that keeps coming up time and time again with all professionals I speak to in this area is you know, encouraging early conversations or starting the conversation early. The best outcomes seem yep. to happen with, with the earlier a conversation can start amongst the family. So there's a couple of things there. Um, I, I met with a group of farmers on the West Coast recently and there were some in the group that said, oh, look, it's far too young for us to be starting to talk about succession. Our kids are only in their teens. Tell me what the issue would be if you had regular conversations with your children about succession from an early age, painted the picture of what succession needs to look like, what they would need to come to the table with. Um, and we find 20 years down the track that succession isn't going to occur for one reason or another. What have you done in the meantime? You've created uh, some business acumen amongst your kids. You've given them some really good financial skills. Uh, and everybody has been on board as, you know, different decisions have had to be made. They understand then exactly why we've arrived at where we have, you know, 10 or 15 years down the track. Mm. Nobody has been disadvantaged. If succession's not a possibility, um, you know, everybody understands why. Mm. Uh, and you, as mum and dad, have set yourselves up to enable the business to provide for succession if it if it does occur. Mm. Um, I just think that the early, early piece, it just still doesn't seem to be getting through. And I think, Angus, it comes back to that fear piece. Um, you raise a really interesting point there around having that conversation early, particularly uh, if succession or keeping the farming business or, or keeping the property in the family may be a challenge. If you have these conversations with teenagers, uh, or certainly as teenagers progress through their schooling lives, that might actually encourage them to look at alternative career paths to create some wealth separate from the farming family, farming business, which might actually help the succession process in the long run. So again, there's a couple of things there. One is, you know, having the ability to bring some capital back into the business is often um, something that's that's required, or it's required on an emotional level where mum and dad say, well, you know, we, if you're going to be committed, then you're not going to be afraid of putting some skin in the game. This can't be just handed over. Mm. Um, and the skills that will come back into the business from alternate careers that have been done in the meantime uh, will add real value to how that business moves forward as well. Mm. Absolutely. So in your experience, what steps need to be taken to work towards a successful succession because of the fear I talked about, um, I think having an independent facilitator in the room takes some of the sting out of the tail. Mm. So everybody then feels a bit more comfortable to say what's on their mind because, you know, an, another family member isn't going to let it all hang out. But they're not going to respond 
fiercely or or otherwise. Uh, the ability to have open and frank conversations. In a lot of families, you talked about farmers not being renowned um, as a group, as communicators. If we've been having regular conversations all the way through. That skill has been developed. So being open to having frank conversations is aided by having an independent facilitator. There's absolutely a necessity to have your rural professional team uh, helping you as well. But until you can tell your rural professional team what it is that you're aiming for, um, you, you know, you're, you're guiding them in the dark, if you like, because they may end up um, delivering something that doesn't meet your needs. Mm. So enabling those open conversations for everybody to talk freely about what matters most to them in their lives, mm. um, their vision for the family business. Uh, there's such strength that comes from that diversity of thought. Even, you know, if you've got a son or daughter working in the finance sector in London at the moment, their views will add depth and um, strength to the conversation about the family farm, even if they've got no desire to come back to it. Mm, indeed. Look, there's some wonderful thoughts and advice there. Sarah, I thank you very much for chatting with me today. No, thanks for the opportunity, Angus. Now let's check in with Ben Speedy, General Manager, ASB Rural Banking. Hello, Ben. Welcome back to the show. G'day, Angus. How are you? Yeah, really well, thanks. How are you getting on? Yeah, absolutely super, actually. Fantastic. We are talking about succession from ASB's perspective. Ben, why is outside the square thinking so important when you're considering a farm succession plan? Well, I think that the first thing around thinking about, you know, thinking outside the square is that it actually helps facilitate the conversation on what the children want to be doing. And one of the key uh, sort of challenges that typically the people that own the farm go through is around when to support their children. You know, is it providing them with money now or is it providing money later on? And, you know, to be honest, I mean, some people don't have the benefit of being able to make that decision. But, you know, it's often one of the key things that people think about with regard to succession. I think the second point would be that, you know, the pathway to farm ownership uh, is much more of a zigzag these days than a straight line. And, you know, we've, we know so many stories whereby, you know, people have typically gone into contract milking, 50-50 share milking, buying the farm, or in the sheep and beef side of things, you know, leasing a farm to be able to get in a position to be able to buy it. But it's not quite like that these days. And, and mm. we say it's like a zigzag because we actually see uh, more and more people that are wanting to buy the family farm need to ex explore sort of diversification with regard to being in a position to be able to afford the farm. And, you know, most commonly what we're seeing now is a lot more, you know, people looking at, say, off-farm investments such as uh, buying a rental residential property or something like that. And if you've done that over the last sort of uh, five to seven years, you would have done very well out of that. And, you know, are the types of things that people are thinking about with regard to, you know, why, you know, how to get into the best position to buy it and therefore, you know, why it's so important to think outside the square. Yeah, look, that's really interesting. Can you give some examples of diversification or new thinking, perhaps, um, that you've seen which have helped families achieve success with their succession plan? 
Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, sort of going back a little bit, well, one of the key things is, you know, if there are sort of more assets to split up, then it does make succession a wee bit easier. You know, so that's sort of one of the other reasons why succession is, a, uh, is part of me, why diversification is, is quite a good strategy. Mm. I think, as I, as I touched on before, you know, the most often seen example is very much around, you know, helping people get into residential property. Um, and that there might be the share mortgage who's driving their own wealth to be in a better position. Um, or secondly, it might be uh, around how, you know, mum and dad are supporting our children getting to properties themselves. And, and that's done in a myriad of ways, whether it being, you know, the trust lending money to the children or actually just, you know, uh, passing on uh, funds to make that happen. That's that's very much the most common example. Mm. I think outside of that, you know, there are these sort of on-farm and off-farm investments. So, you know, over the last couple of years, we've seen some really cool stories and examples of, you know, children wanting to come back to the farm that's um, not necessarily going to be viable to be able to split it at the existing operations into sort of for two children or for one child and mum and dad to continue to uh, maintain their sort of lifestyles. And what we've seen is you know, a really good example of um, one family coming back and, and milking sheep on a quarter of the property. Um, we've seen other examples whereby people have um, gone into sort of more horticultural investment been on the farm. So that's been one way of doing it. And then secondly, you know, the, these more off-farm investments. So that there is, you know, we're seeing people thinking about the future and that might be, you know, investing, you know, in other income streams. So again, you know, we've seen a lot of investment go into horticulture over the last couple of years and you know, that's been done directly but both, but indirectly, you know, with a lot of, you know, really successful syndication companies that are uh, participating in that. Um, and then there's also, you know, commercial properties and various things like that, because not only does that provide an off-farm investment to help generate wealth to enable people to be in a better position for succession, but it also creates passive income streams down the track. So, um, you know, one of the really important points of succession and whether you're thinking about diversification as a strategy um, is that you also need to make sure that the asset that you pass on to your child uh is you know generating sufficient return so they can make a really good go of it um, mm. because if you start to compromise that too much then it, it becomes very tricky for the next generation so hence why we're seeing a lot more of those sort of passive income streams you know and, and last week we, we chatted a little bit around you know forestry and, and carbon but you mm. know th there's a range of opportunities that are available there is the bank sort of leading these uh discussions and and strategies or is it a mixture for example is the farmer coming to the bank and saying hey look here's an idea for this all to work can you help me flesh out uh, this a bit more and also is there a third party involvement whether it be a farm advisor or an accountant involved in this process too we, we actually just keep coming back to you know what do you want to achieve with regard to your business Mm. And ultimately, you know, that typically falls into sort of buckets. You know, there are people that are very much around how do I um, ensure that my business is as robust as possible and repay debt so I'm in a really good position in, mm. in the future. Mm. Um, the second one would be, you know, people that are thinking about, well, now I'm, now I'm in a good position to be able to think about the next stage of my wealth creation. So should that be expanding my existing operation or should that be um, investing, you know, outside of the business and mm. some form of diversification strategy? And then the sort of the succession lens sits across the top of all of that per my sort of earlier 
um, point around, mm. you know, we really help encourage these conversations with all family members talking about what they want to achieve, you know, be it within their business or within life, and then how we can help sort of facilitate um, those activities to take place. I think, you know, beyond that, you know, as part of those conversations, there are also, you know, other avenues that we talk about. So, mm. you know, with any form of diversification strategy, there's an element of risk versus reward. So, you know, risk can be both financial, but it also can be around, do I have the expertise to be able to ensure that that business is successful? Um, and, and historically, the more risk you've taken, the greater return. But, um, you know, that can also go the other way. I think the, the second sort of key conversation we have um, when we're having, you know, these talks is is also very much around the liquidity aspects of all of mm. this as well. So, you know, it's one thing to sort of start diversifying your business and investing in different things. But, you know, what does it mean when the farm next door comes available? And, you know, can you actually be in a position to maintain those uh, investments and buy the farm next door? Or are you going to need to sort of sell those and hence why liquidity becomes really important to ensure that you are in the best position to be able to keep doing the things you need to. Yeah, sure, that makes sense. So what would really help farmers, or what really helps farmers see the opportunities available to them? Uh, the very first one is just continue to be curious, you know, and that there is around people taking a real active interest around what's happening uh, outside of the farm, be it still within the food and fibre industry or, or be it outside of, you know, food and fibre and property or share market or various things like that. I think that's the first one. The second one would be, you know, it's really important to understand return on capital. So, you know, what if you know, return on capital is sort of aided also by leverage around how much debt you're going to take on board with regard to, you know, pursuing that particular opportunity. But, you know, uh, people that have invested in residential property over the last five years have, have probably, well, have not probably, they have outperformed, you know, other asset classes such as shares or 50-50 share milking as an example, right? So mm. I think you're, it's really important that you're always looking at, you know, how do I extract the highest return on capital, which is, going to both grow my wealth but also you know i can still sleep at night with regard to my expertise and the level of risk that i want to have mm, um sure also, yeah and then probably the third thing is just like keep discussing these opportunities with your children so you know again it, it keeps coming back to if if, if my child if you know one of my children's got a really active interest around you know sort of setting up a you know sheep milking business as the example i used before on the farm like how do i encourage that to happen but you know more and more as sort of people sort of you know um move towards cities is around well how can i help my child be really successful with regard to establishing an appropriate business in their own right so you know there are other things that um you know that we really encourage people to, to do and, and chat about there's some wonderful uh, thoughts and advice there ben look thank you for your time yeah i mean thanks angus and we, you know, we're very passionate about this topic you know as i said at the um, start you know there's we've been working with our customers for a long time we want to make sure that they see the best outcomes for both themselves and their families and so you know that's what gets us out of bed and makes us really passionate about those conversations and you know with asb there is the benefit of being a full service bank so you mm -hmm. know we have experts and everything with regard to what you can and can't what can and can't do with money so you know we're always one conversation away from either knowing the answer ourselves or providing you with the best person to have that chat with you might be thinking why such a focus on succession well in my view it is right up there in terms of importance for farmers i have seen families being torn apart by a poorly managed succession process or a lack of any plan 
by senior farmers. I've also seen families execute a good succession plan and maintain family relationships. Over recent weeks, I've talked to quite a few people, including farmers sharing their experiences and professional services who specialize in succession. I would encourage all farmers to really take on board the advice given that you have heard in my recent episodes on succession. It could make all the difference between a good outcome and a devastating one. Now, a message from the Rural Support Trust. If you as a farmer are struggling in any way, give the Rural Support Trust a call on 0800 787 254. They are there, willing and able to help. Farmers in the Waikato are doing it tough right now due to dry conditions. Any farmer with excess feed that can help, please also call the Rural Support Trust to coordinate a donation. Take care out there. Thank you for listening and catch you next time.